0: Michael Porter Jr. But I'm gonna make sure that this pick is this organization's best pick they've ever made. Four six inside. Right Jokic put it in. Jokic put nice. Edition of the Rocky Mountain Hoops Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I am your host, TJ McBride from MileHighSports.com, your home for all things Colorado sports. Today, we're going to get into a few different things about this Nuggets team. Um, First of all, the news came down, I would say, you know a few days ago, that Arturis Karnasovas, the Nuggets general manager, is looked is on the radar of the Chicago Bulls in their search for a new top executive for their basketball operations program. As of right now, Arturus is the general manager, and he has been working underneath Tim Connolly for the past five, six years or so. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that develops. We'll talk about a little bit more of that in the third segment, so we'll put that on hold in addition to that though we're gonna I want to talk about Gary Harris I want to talk about his importance in a playoff series his importance of this Nuggets team his chances of holding on to the shooting guard spot and also if the Nuggets were to look for another shooting guard what options are out there because everyone seems to want to trade everybody but nobody really has ideas of how to fill these gaps or who they would be able to kind of grab to be able to fix up this roster after making a kind of splash like trading Gary Harris would be. So I want to get into the ins and outs of Gary Harris. The reason I'm doing this is I wrote a big film study on milehighsports.com that you can go check out right now on Gary Harris and the way that he improved after the All-Star break and why it's so important that he is at his best, but also the fact that he is not the nugget savior from a lot of the issues that they are dealing with. I'm going to get into a Few of those things when I talk about Gary Harris in the next segment. But again, those are just uh, if you want to get a little bit background before listening to it, go read that article up on MileHighSports.com right now. And then, lastly, in that same third segment, I'm going to answer questions from listeners as I always do. I find it so interesting to get those different narratives. And as I told you guys before, I'm not that smart, so being able to get these different narratives and these different perspectives from people who are watching just like I am is a very helpful way to be able to direct a conversation. So. That's everything we're going to get into. It's going to be a fun show. Make sure you subscribe to the Rocky Mountain Hoops podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave a five star review. Go actually leave a review too on iTunes. Those things are super helpful. It helps this show get a little bit bigger and bigger and bigger as we go. Also, I want to make it one more thing just very, 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 very clear. Bet Online has been such a great supporter of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and Rocky Mountain Hoops throughout these extremely turbulent times with COVID 19 sweeping through the nation and really bringing the world to a halt without them blue wire podcast would not be able to continue to do what they do across an entire platform of 90 podcasts or whatever it is and be able to bring all these different conversations throughout a very um isolating time so we're going to give you a quick word from bet online here in a second but i wanted to at first give a quick shout out to them as well because without them i'm not sure what i would be doing and i'm not sure where blue wire would be so thanks to bet online so much for doing what they do and being able to support this show We're going to take our first quick break, give you a word from Bet Online, and come back on the other end and talk about Gary Harris. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on well, you'd be completely wrong. Our exclusive partner still has hundreds of sports, events, and games to wager on. Or let them bring Vegas to you with their online casino and blackjack. All of this is open 24 hours a day, and it's all online, including their $750,000 poker series. If you're into props and entertainment betting, you can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the weather. Visit their website and join today to receive a 100 dollars welcome bonus with your first deposit be sure to use promo code blue wire bet online your online wagering experts When looking at the importance of Gary Harris it's it's hard to define exactly what it is because as I wrote in the article that's up on milehighsports.com he doesn't solve all of Denver's issues. He's not a savior. He's not someone you can just drop into any circumstance and fix it. If the bench unit is struggling you can't just slide him to there. If you're not getting enough three point shooting you can't just rely on Gary to be that kind of three point shooter. If your defense as a whole is letting too many blow happen Gary alone cannot fix those issues. So he doesn't really raise Denver's floor. If Denver struggling across the board, inserting Gary Harris does not magically fix all of these issues that I'm talking about, and that's worrisome. That's not, you know, it's not a knock on him, because not every single player needs to be able to impact the game in so many ways, but that is worrisome. The Nuggets are not able to rely on him to fix these issues they need to look internally. Nikola Jokic needs to find a way to be more assertive consistently himself. They need to find a way to get more three-point shooting from Jamal Murray, from Nikola Jokic, from Gary Harris, and from their bench. They need to be able to find a way to stop blowbots in the perimeter whether it's Will Barton or Jamal Murray as well as Gary Harris all of these things are team issues and Gary Harris can't individually fix them with that being said when Gary Harris is just an absolute animal defensively like he is the majority of the time and his three-point shot starts falling and he's able to finish at the rim off ball off of cuts and being able just to attack closeouts when he's spotting up that's when Gary Harris takes the nuggets from You know, a second round contender to wow, this team can really make noise against some of the elite teams in the NBA. I understand his size issues. I understand that he hasn't been consistent shooting this year or really for the past 18 months, but. When he is in that mold, the Nuggets go to an entirely different level, and the Nuggets need that level from him in the playoffs. When you start talking about a potential matchup with the Rockets, you need Gary Harris to help defend James Harden and Russell Westbrook. He did a phenomenal job of bottling up James Harden when he was on his 35-point streak or whatever it was that he was on. He was sending random doubles from random places and individually defending him one-on-one, sitting on his right side. He did so many things to make it difficult. Difficult for James Harden throughout that game and you need Gary Harris in that kind of a situation on the offensive side against the Rockets if they're going to be doubling Nikola Jokic you need three-point shooters who can make three-pointers and, and Gary Harris in the corner as they start to double Nikola Jokic is something the Nuggets are going to have to rely on going forward so Against the Rockets, he is highly important. Against the Thunder, they need his versatility on Chris Paul, Shea Gildas Alexander, and Dennis Schroeder. They go three guards a ton to where they have Chris Paul and Schroeder at one and two with Shea Gildas Alexander at small forward. Even when it's just Chris Paul with one of Shea Gildas Alexander and Dennis Schroeder, you need Gary Harris to be able to slow one of them. The fact that at least one, if not two of those three guards for the Thunder are on the floor at all times makes it incredibly difficult for teams to match up with them, with their speed, with their shooting with their ability to create for others. The Nuggets need Gary Harris in that kind of a matchup. And then even look at the Mavericks. They end up playing the Mavericks. When they played the Mavericks this year, when Luka Doncic was defended by Gary Harris. They only were about 14 minutes total across three games matched up, but he held him to five points on two of ten shooting and 0 of five for three with four turnovers. That's huge, being able to slow Doncic, and that is really what the Nuggets need Gary Harris to do. So we start talking about his importance to the team and what it does in particular playoff matchups. The Nuggets need the best version of Gary Harris to be at their best. That doesn't mean that Gary Harris fixes all these issues. Again, he cannot raise that Nuggets floor, but he drastically increases their ceiling when he is playing at his best so the next question that kind of comes into play and one that keeps being asked a lot by fans and other people on twitter is what are the chances that he even holds on to the shooting guard spot if he continues playing the way he played before the all-star break he has been phenomenal since the all-star break but it was 10 games and the season got shut off by us by obviously the coronavirus suspension that has brought the whole world to a halt so we don't know how gary harris will return but the odds of him holding on to that shooting guard spot—they haven't changed at all. There just isn't really anybody on the roster to where you can feel comfortable putting him into the starting lineup, as if it won't, you know, negatively impact the rest of the team elsewhere. Right now, if you started Monte Morris instead of Gary Harris, and you started. Jamal Murray together with Monte Morris in the backcourt... With Will Barton and Paul Millsap and Nikola Jokic... First of all, you're still tiny in the backcourt. You don't gain any size by putting Monte Morris in there instead of Gary Harris. You actually get smaller, which does not help. Gary Harris has not been a good three-point shooter... But Monte Morris is not going to, to is not going to be defended like an elite three-point shooter. And you kill the bench unit entirely by taking Monte Morris out of it. If you try to start you know, Michael Porter Jr. at the three and slide Will Barton to the two... Then if Michael Porter Jr. plays bad, so many pieces of the Nuggets offense starts to struggle massively, and if his defense falls apart, then you stretch everything out even thinner, which cannot happen for this Nuggets team in a playoff setting. So I don't think that's a viable option either. You could start Jeremy Grant at the three, I guess, and try and slide Will Barton to the two, but Grant just isn't versatile enough to start at small forward and play like 28 minutes a night as a small forward. He can play it in spurts, and he's been really, really good going into defensively at small forward and spurts but asking him to create off a of dribble and things like that from a small forward position or having him run dribble handouts with Nikola Jokic and make decisions with the ball in his hands he can do it sometimes but you can't rely on that over and over and over again in a playoff setting so I don't know who you would switch out to make this Nuggets team better by removing Gary Harris I don't see the argument for it. I don't understand how that would work. And the other part of this is is that Malone and the team fully believe in Gary Harris. I was speaking to Wes Unsell Jr. before the season ended and he was talking to me about Gary Harris and basically how Gary Harris is the quarterback of their defense. They can't just let that go lightly. Michael Malone knows how important Gary Harris has been to this team on both ends of the floor for the past five years he is not going to take him out of the lineup lightly and every single person on that roster believes in gary harris so i don't see there being very much of a chance of gary harris losing that starting shooting guard position but let's live in a world beyond this season if the nuggets were to look for a new shooting guard beyond their own roster construction who's even out there because this is another thing people want you know gary harris to get traded and they just go out there and get bradley bueller drew holiday. Those situations are not nearly as easy as people are making it out to be. I don't understand the thought process of, oh, you can just go get one of the elite shooting guards in basketball. That'll be fine. It's not that simple. Uh, so let's just live in next season for a second. Gary Harris will be a 24, $20.4 million expiring contract. There will be many, many, many contending elite teams wanting Gary Harris's service on an expiring salary uh, at that number. It's not too high, and it's not too low. It's easy to match salaries, and Denver even has open roster spots to take back extra players depending on what happens in this free agency period. So it, the functionally, it's not difficult to trade Gary Harris mechanically. Um, Obviously, the impact on the team and the impact on the locker room and things like that separate are not in this conversation. This is just financially speaking, it's easy to trade Gary Harris next year. But if you're going to trade him, you need to get someone who is better than him. Bradley Beal obviously would be better, as would Drew Holiday. The problem with those two is that, first of all, Bradley Beal has said that he wants to stay in Washington, and I would assume that he likely starts the season with him on the roster to see if they can get John Wall back healthy and how they fit. Same thing with Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday has said he wants to stay in New Orleans, and he will likely start the season on their roster. And in addition to that, they just drafted Zion Williamson. Why wouldn't you want to see what you can do playing with them? So if those two players are not available to trade for, who's left? You start talking about like DeMar DeRozan, uh, Fred VanVleet, Evan Fournier. There aren't very many players that you can, you know, without a doubt, unequivocally say, that's an upgrade. That'll make our team better. And so in my eyes, I don't think there's another shooting guard who is available currently, who is going to be able to change things for this Denver Nuggets team. Again, if the Nuggets can trade for Bradley Beal or Drew Holiday, then maybe we have a different discussion to have. But at this time, it just doesn't seem like that kind of player necessarily exists. All right, we're going to take our second break. I'm going to come back and we're going to answer some questions from listeners and talk a little bit more about Arturas Karnasovas and his importance to this Denver Nuggets team. I know people are stressed and I know things are chaotic right now and that's why there is no better time to go check out Terrapin Care Station for all of your cannabis needs whether it's smoking just regular marijuana using concentrates edibles or any other topicals or tinctures for medical use they are there for you during these insane times they are considered essential workers and they are doing their best to bring products to people to take just a little bit of this chaos away from their everyday lives so if you're looking for a little bit of a relaxation or a little bit of that make sure you go check out terrapincarestation.com they have multiple locations all across the denver metro area they have everything you could ever hope for they're safe they're quick and they're discreet and they're open during these extremely trying times so make sure you go check out terrapin care station support them and support this show by going down there and shopping so check out terrapin care station today at terrapincarestation.com I just want to take a second to talk about Arturis Karnasovas, because overall, when you start talking about an NBA team, there's a lot of pieces that kind of fall between the cracks, and it's easy to look at the most prominent basketball executive as the only person making decisions for an NBA team. Uh, Tim Connolly would be that person for the Denver Nuggets. He is the president of basketball operations. But people don't realize behind the scenes how many people make an NBA team function and are able to build these rosters. So for the Nuggets, you have Tim Connolly as the president of basketball operations. Below him is Arturus Karnasovis, who is the general manager. He has been working with him for six years now, I believe, and they have learned to work hand-in-hand super, super well. Tim Connolly is extremely unorganized, but but just mind-blowing. Blowingly brilliant he has one of those beautiful mind types is how it's been described to me where he'll have a whiteboard full of ideas and he'll have something pop into his head and he has to furiously erase everything and start scribbling whatever just popped into his brain Arturus Karnasovis is the exact opposite you go into his office from what I've been told and there is a whiteboard with every single team listed with every single player listed one through 17 color-coded by position and two-way contracts so When you look at the differences between the two individuals, one in Arturis is stoic. Uh, Some people look at him as robotic because he is just so cut and dry, so blunt, so um, he's monotone. The way he goes about things is just so abruptly clear. And Tim Connolly is more eccentric. And the two of them, the way that they fit together is what makes so much of this so functional. That's what allows these front offices to thrive is that they hire staffs of people who are who have strengths where they have weaknesses. Calvin Booth is their assistant general manager right now. He's the glue that holds together these two polar opposite individuals in Arturus and Tim. And that... Disrupting that chain of command, that um that synergy that exists between the front office, that is always going to be worrisome. And I don't know how you could ever have a world in which it's not worrisome. The Nuggets have one of the most strong front offices. From um they have one of the strong most strong organizations currently in terms of ownership. in Josh Kroenke going down to present basketball op- basketball operations, Tim Connolly and his staff, down to Michael Malone and his staff, down to the roster of players, the alignment which is the term that they constantly use for their understanding of one another it's extremely rare in professional sports to see this sustained for this long of a period of time. So to remove a piece of that alignment, of the structure that has allowed the Nuggets to thrive as an organization recently, that is always going to be worrisome. And then you add in the fact that as Tim Connolly told me once, there is nobody more respected in any gym in the world than Arturus Karnasovis. It doesn't matter if you're in Italy, if you're in Russia, if you're in America, if you're in the Philippines. Arturis, when he walks into a room, people recognize, notice, and feel that presence. He was such an instrumental figure in international basketball for so long, and his path to, you know, this NBA front office role has been so crazy that he just there's this mystique about him, this prestigiousness, and that is another extremely important part of a front office. You listen when our tourist talks. When he calls you, you don't take it lightly. Like He is not an individual who beats around the bush or bullshits, and that is something that every front office needs. And not to say that Tim Connolly isn't like that. He absolutely has skills like that, but again he's more jovial, he's more happy, he loves basketball for loving basketball I'm pretty sure if money wasn't an object he would ditch out on being an executive and go be a scout tomorrow if he could because he has that just deep love of the game but that doesn't always translate to good business sense and it does for him a lot of the time, he hasn't had an issue with this just per se, but arturis has been the counterbalance for that and it's allowed this Nuggets front office to live in the way that it has, so if he does end up in Chicago where there is you know, where he could potentially end up, I don't know why he wouldn't at least entertain the idea of being a lead executive for such a storied franchise, but if he does leave, it's going to make an impact on this Nuggets team. It is absolutely going to be felt, and it's going to be fascinating to see how things switch up. That's all the information we have. I have no idea what's going to come going forward for this situation, but that's kind of the Arturus Karnasovis portion of what is currently going on. All right, I picked four questions from listeners to answer because I love answering questions. Let's just dive in. Spencer Smith asks if this season gets canceled and we don't get to see this current team in the postseason, does that make it more or less likely that the Nuggets shake up the roster before next season? Uh, this is a great question, Spencer. It's a phenomenal question, and it's a very difficult one to be able to answer because we don't know what's coming. We don't know what this, um, what the outcome of COVID nineteen will look like on the world. On sports as a whole we don't know what the financials will look like if the cap will go down if players value security over trying to go take risks we just don't know so what we do know let's 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 live in that world for a second the nuggets value continuity more than almost any team in basketball that would tell me that if everything was uncertain if everything was unable to be quantified if you didn't know what you were walking into like the 2020-21 season may end up being Why don't you fall back on what you know works, what has worked for you, and what you feel most comfortable doing? And the Nuggets have always retained their players as opposed to lose them for nothing unless they have a clear upgrade elsewhere. So I have, as of right now, I'm expecting as these things currently develop, if they continue to get further and further stretched along if the season eventually gets cancelled, I would assume the Nuggets use all of the bird rights on all of their free agents just to run it back. That just makes the most sense to me. There might be some cap casualties for the Nuggets to stay out of the tax because they don't know if they'll actually be able to compete next year. Um, I wonder what happens with Paul Millsap if he wants more than the mid-level exception. If Jeremy Grant comes in asking for $20 million a year, do the Nuggets immediately balk? What's going to happen there? If they do bring back Millsap and Jeremy Grant, is Tory Craig a cap casualty because they just don't want to go into the tax by an extra million to keep him in Denver? Those are all going to be hyper-interesting questions to be answered. But I don't see them getting more risk, you know, taking more risks as this continually goes on. It makes more sense to me that teams and players will stick with what works, buy into the stability of what they can get and try and live that way as opposed to taking risks in an extremely uncertain time so i hope that answers your question um i don't think i think it makes it less likely to shake up the roster but still we'll just have to wait and see um omar asks is malone to coach is is malone the coach to bring us to the finals this has become one of the most polarizing questions amongst nuggets fans of course whenever anything goes wrong one of the first people to ever get his name called for to get chopped is definitely the head coach of any team and michael malone has not been different in that regard when you start talking about ken michael malone can he bend enough? Can he evolve enough to be able to help to get the most out of this team to bring them from second round of the playoffs potential to championship potential? That's the hardest part. And to be fair to Michael Malone, he had a willingness to build an entire team around one of the most unique players the NBA has ever seen in Nikola Jokic. He then built a roster of you know a non you know traditional point guard in Jamal Murray, a smaller shooting guard in Gary Harris playing small with Will Barton at 3 and then getting, you know, more risky by playing Michael Porter Jr and Jeremy Grant. Like he has shown a willingness to step outside the box. The question is, is can he get the most out of them? can he step outside the box in a way that Nick Nurse can? To where, you know what? This isn't working. We're going to go back to 8th grade and play a box and one, and we're going to find a way to slow down Steph Curry because he does not have enough help. Would Malone have the ability to make that type of a decision in that type of a pressure-filled situation? I don't know the answer to the question yet. We haven't seen Malone enough in those circumstances. I would argue he was pretty good in the playoffs. Uh, switching to Torrey Craig when he did was the right decision. Getting uh, Jamal Murray off of Derek Eric White against the Spurs was the right decision. All of those things were helpful and the Nuggets did a good job of being able to counterattack in those moments, but I still don't know if it's enough. The other interesting part of this conversation is is coaching really the difference maker if you get to the finals or not? Like if if you're requi- if you're leaning on needing a coach to be the difference maker to put you over the top you probably don't deserve to be there in the first place Um, coaching is extremely important that does not mean that it has more than a five percent impact on a win or a loss Um, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out obviously everyone falls back on the Steve Kerr Warriors thing but Steve Kerr also had the benefit of, oh, a new TV deal. Oh, we have Kevin Durant. Oh, we draft all these players. Oh, Steph Curry had glass ankles for the first part of his career, and we got him for way cheaper than we should have. So, yes, I get it. I know why people ask this question, but let's not pretend like coaching is the biggest difference maker in a title or a non-title winning team. Uh, Moving on, MV Prado on Twitter asks, Chris Paul, Murray, Michael Porter Jr., Grant, and Nikola Jokic. Are those the 2020-21 NBA champs? Um, I don't know about NBA champs, but what I do know is that if if the Chris Paul that is in Oklahoma City now was just teleported and dropped in Denver to play exactly as he has been, I think this Nuggets team does take a massive step towards true contention for an NBA Finals. I don't know if we'll get that Chris Paul next year. I don't know if Chris Paul will like Nikola Jokic. I don't know if Chris Paul will like anybody on the in that front office. I don't know what that will look like. Chris Paul has famously not gotten along with individuals. Chris Paul has famously had injury concerns. Chris Paul has famously just kind of been an asshole from time to time. That does not take away from his greatness. He's an absolute Hall of Famer. He's a guy that is on the you know top 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 list of point guards ever but there's a lot of variables here about a 2020-21 chris paul another year out of his prime another year older and in an entirely new system yes it worked in oklahoma city so far that doesn't mean that he would play exactly as he has in oklahoma in denver as he has in oklahoma city so I like the idea, the idea of this version of Chris Paul on this Nuggets team with Michael Porter Jr. and Jeremy Grant with all that length. That's a beautiful picture in my head. I just don't know if Michael Porter Jr. is ready for that. I don't know if Chris Paul will be the same player he currently is in Oklahoma City. And who knows if Jeremy Grant is even on the team next year despite the fact that the Nuggets absolutely want him on the team. Alright, last question. Will the Nuggets finish this season? The more and more that things keep progressing, the more and more that I keep seeing statistics of the United States of America is not taking this pandemic seriously, the more and more I see that The leadership in the government that is completely failing this country and allowing this to continue to spread the less and less i feel like the season is coming back this is not just how the nba makes decisions to get this season to come back this is how is the world responding to a global pandemic that is ravaging people and just destroying families and communities and cities and countries when that is the reality there is nothing we can control all we, the only timeline we can live off of is, like, like Dr. Fauci said, is the timeline that the pandemic gives us. We do not create the timeline. So with that being said, I don't know, but I have zero hope of a season being resumed. I do not see it coming. This is only speculation on my part. I don't see any, I don't see any reality in which there could be a chance for the NBA season to return. We'll have to just wait and see, but that is where I'm at right now. Thank you guys so much for continually tuning into this podcast. I know it's hard to be excited about basketball when basketball is not being played, but being able to talk about it with everybody is extremely helpful for really all of us. We create a sense of community when we can talk about basketball like this. So to everyone who sends questions in, to everyone who interacts on Twitter, to everyone who subscribed to this podcast, to everyone who leaves a five-star review, to everyone who leaves a rating, to everybody who has supported the show, thank you, thank you, thank you. I know it's been chaotic. I know these are some very turbulent times, and we're going to get through it together. So from me TJ McBride this has been the Rocky Mountain His Podcast I hope you guys have a great rest of your day and we will talk to you later